Hello and welcome to this edition of the Fins Up podcast. I'm your host, Mort, and I'm joined by my colleague, as always. We, we're still riding the wave of his incredible podcast last week with Matt Elliott. I am joined by Salo Dan. How you doing, buddy? Mate, I'm doing very good, Terry. Thank you. And yourself? And your fine self? Uh, mate, this has been an incredible week for me, so I am, um, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. That's fantastic. Did you, did you get 8 out of 8 on your tips, or...? No, um, I don't think you did either. I think you got seven last week. I got seven, yep. Uh, um, I got six, but uh, no, last last week we, of course, uh, confirmed Liverpool were the champions of the EPL. Yep, uh, my soccer comes back this weekend, and the Patriots signed Cam Newton. So it's all, it's all good in my world, Dan. What about you? Mate, it's been a very good week. It's funny you didn't even mention the Sharks victory over the old rivals in that too, such as being the Magnificent. Well, we have a whole podcast for that, don't you? Yeah, look, that's true, mate. I'm, I'm keen. Let's just let's just run through this rubbish so we can get to sleep, wake up tomorrow, and be podcast day. Mate, that's exactly what we do. So let's kick off round seven with Penrith twenty, South Sydney twelve. Um, Dan, I didn't actually get to watch this game live because some idiot from my team uh, scheduled our soccer training for seven forty-five. Uh, so we've changed that this week so we can watch the footy, and the captain and vice-captain of my team are Penrith and Souths fans, so they were absolutely fuming when they realised what time training was, but uh, I caught a replay of it, and Jesus, Nathan Cleary was unreal. Mate, he was, but um, can we talk about the facial infection? Wow. Yeah. Wow. He, he, I mean, he's already an unfortunate-looking human, isn't he? he? He is, mate, but i got to say, it um, it added some character to that head of his, and... Uh, he must have heard me trash talking him the other week because he's come good. Yeah, I mean that that Penrith side on on paper at the beginning of the year, I don't think too many people had him to be, you know, where they are. Um, but they're legit premiership contenders. They're threat. They're definitely threats. Mate, I agree. I think that um, that young Jerome, Hugh, whatever his name is, Luai, has come leaps and bounds from where he was. Yeah. I think James yeah. Fisher Harris is arguably the best front rower in the game right now. And, you know, they miss Josh Mansour, who's in fantastic form, throw Brent Naden in, who has the game of his life. So there's something going very right out there at the foot of the mountains. Yeah, I was going to say, the Naden returned 238 metres and a nice try uh, to cap off. Uh, does he take uh, Wari's spot or Fari's spot? Uh, probably not yet. You don't change a, a winning lineup, But I'll tell you what, if he has a game or two, he'll be looking over his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I just... It's really hard to, to point a weak link in this Penrith team. There's some obvious ones. Their bench is a little bit hit or miss for mine. And obviously you've got the Luai Burton thing, which is, you know, if Luai is having a bad game, then Burton can come on. But I definitely think Farah, in terms of what he brings to the Panthers' attack, is not what someone like Nadine could do. But in terms of defence, he's, he's leaps and bounds. So, um, yeah, there's no right or wrong answer for that one. As you said, you don't really change a winning formula, do you? No, you don't. I think Appy Corsair has been arguably the buyer of the year. He's been quiet last yeah. few weeks, but his distribution's been great. And just, just his threat out of dummy half has been good. But uh, for South, I've got to say, a bit disappointing. Latrell had another shocker. He tends to be two on, two off, you know. Understandable for a young player playing fullback from uh, a background at centre. But uh, their forward pack, starting to think they're not, uh, they're not the side we thought they were. No, just just before we move on to South Sport Pack, I had here Appy Coruscant, 
And you're right, I, I, he hasn't been as dynamic as we know he can be. But the one thing about a good number nine is they create space. Because if you don't, you know, if you rush up on their halves, then you've given them space. And if you don't rush up on their halves, then you, you've given the halves space. So um, that, that's that's the threat that Appy Corusel has. And he just has so much time as a footballer. But you're right about South. Not one of their forwards made over 120 metres this week. Pretty pretty sad considering. I Because um, I've got Burgess in my draft side, I watch him uh, every week. And he's, he's hot and cold. Uh, Ethan Lowe's yeah. not a first grader anymore for mine. I think young Bailey Sirenen should come into the starting side. Um, and outside of Cam Murray, they just they just don't threaten. No, I mean Alex Johnson being the uh, the leader of South Meters is is all you need to know about how Souths are going at the moment. Absolutely. What do you think of James Roberts on the bench? Um, I don't really think much of James Roberts anyway. I, you know, I, I don't think he's a good person. I don't think he's a good footballer. So that's fair. Cool. But, you know, answers that. <laughs> Wayne, seems, Wayne, Wayne Bennett seems to know a little bit more than us, but. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, the way that the game's evolving and he's got loads of speed, so you can always throw him on anywhere. Yeah, it's neither hit or miss for mine. He, I, I didn't like it, I've got to admit. I thought, if you're going to play Roberts, you've got to play him from the start. If he's not fit, don't play him. He has a habit of taking out chases. I know he did it oh, famously yeah, in Origin, and that, that must be his third or fourth sin bin for something very, very obvious that that's that in the fact that when someone makes a break and you hold them down for too long, they're the two things you get Sinbin for quicker than anything else in the game. And every time Roberts gets a roll and he seems to get sent off, or well, Sinbin rather, it's, uh, it's yeah. mm-hmm, like clockwork. Yeah, I think I think Souths are you know going to be flat track bullies in the fact that they will they'll beat a lot of teams below them, but I don't think they're going to trouble the top sides too much. And, Penrith didn't really look like they got out of second gear for this game. No, agreed. Penrith was very, very good, and this sent a message for mine. Yeah. Uh, moving on, speaking of messages, uh, messages, the Storm 50, the Warriors 6. Man, it's tough for the Warriors. I've got to say one thing, though, that, that really cracks me up before this game, because the minute this tweet went out, I knew it was coming, but Moley said that he spoke to Todd Payton and the boys were up for it. And uh, they get rolled fifty to six. You got you got to get on the uh, whoever they're playing. If Mole says that, he's um, yeah. he's his uh, hot takes have been so off the mark. He's worse than us. And, and you know what the worst part is? There's no way in hell that he spoke to Todd Payton ten minutes before the game. <laughs> no, probably not, <laughs> mate. He look. He he is a known Warriors fan, so he's probably just having a laugh. But uh, speaking of Todd Payton, mate, they've had two pretty shit and to be honest, weak performances in a row. Look, I hate to harp on, but uh, perhaps sacking the coach isn't quite the easy fix they think it is. No, and that was who, there, there was an article that came out today about um, you know the Warriors and how they just think that uh, you know for business decisions and how they, they're they're not a very sound run business over there. But yeah, obviously sacking the coach was was nothing to do with it. And, and, you know, during the week three, players told the Warriors that they were going home and the NRLs had to again sit down and convince them to, to stay until the 19th of July. Now they want their families over here. I get it. It's got to be hard, right? Absolutely. But you, you're getting paid 300 grand minimum. Yeah, like, look, yeah. mate, there's, a, look, there's no. a lot of people split from their families right now in, the, in this hellhole that is 2020. You know, 
they're being they're being put up in pretty nice accommodation. They get paid to play the game they love. And they're getting paid handsomely. You know, there has to be a point where they have to make a decision. Either they're gonna play or they're gonna go home. And and if they go home, I'm not gonna begrudge them. No, but I mean, I, I had to take fifteen k pay cut, and I haven't, I didn't see my mum for four months. Sp- you know, mate. she was probably she was probably cheering that she didn't have to see me, <laughs> yeah. right? Praise but God. I, but this is the whole part of, of being an athlete because I guarantee when the when the competition was shut down, they were probably sitting there thinking, "Well, I can't wait to play footy again." And now they're playing footy again. It seems like because they're getting dusted, they're using. Oh, and I know it's harsh on the Warriors as well, but. It just feels like now they're they're looking for excuses rather than aiming up and not embarrassing themselves and getting flogged. Mate, absolutely. Look, the Warriors had two wins this year, which is probably all I gave them at the start. So they're they're probably way ahead of where I had them. But they they need the end of the season. Although they have to really come in and be sniffing around players like you know Benji Marshall, Billy Magulius, these players that are on the fringe or either been told you know you're not in the first grade plans this year. And throw their hands up and say, we'll take them early, we'll take them on loan, go to the NRL and say, we need 10 players to be competitive. We, we've, you know, put ourselves out, we're away from the family for months, we've kept your competition on TV, you sort of owe it to us. And I, I honestly think th- that couldn't hurt right now, because there's not many players there that you go, oh, they'll be good in a couple of years. They're, ju- they're just filler players. It's like they're looking to sign stars. Like, I, mate, I don't know what the answer is, obviously, but, uh, I, I, mate, Billy Magulius. Put him on a um, a frigging train up to wherever they're playing this week. Get him in a Warriors jersey and get him on the field. Yeah, and you, you're right there. Benji Marshall would do wonders for that club anyway. Like he, in in terms of on and off the field, he would just be able to settle that team. I think they missed the trick. Uh, not not going to the NRL before they came back and saying, "Look, we need some players on loan because obviously some of our players don't want to come." And I think they would have been able to get some decent players straight away. But you have a look at uh, a club like the Sharks, for example. Four, four or five weeks ago, probably would have gladly loaned them Royce Hunt and, and Talakai. Yeah, now they've made their way into the team, they're probably looking at a Scott Sorensen and a Billy Magoulas. So, yeah, look, let's let's not kick the Warriors while they're down because they're down a lot. Uh, for the Storm, Papenhausen was absolutely unbelievable. And Munster was having a hell of a game until he got hurt. I think, um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have to hope that that his injury isn't too serious. But one thing before I throw over to you, it turns out Cam Smith isn't a prick after all. Because after winning fifty to six, he went in there and you saw him in the sheds chat to the players, and apparently it was just all positive, thanking him for keeping the competition, telling them to keep their heads up. Uh, Bellamy was in there as well. What did you make of that whole situation? Uh, look, it's good, and like it or not, Cam Smith's face of the game. You know, he's not the not the it player like perhaps the Latrell, but he's played four hundred games. He's captain everyone and everything. He's won everyone and everything. He's the face of the game. Having him in there is good. Um, I don't know if it makes up for the nine hundred and sixty four thousand things he's done to prove that he is a prick. But this week, Cam Smith gets a big tick. Absolutely. And. Uh... The, the monster injury, do you think that, that further brings Melbourne back to the pack? Or, you know, what do you reckon happens there? Mate, I hope so. Because they're, um, I've been waiting for him to come back to the pack for about six years now. Uh, look, it has to. He, he's one of the best players in the world. It has to affect them. But they're just as likely to bring, like, a young player through who we've never heard of, and he'll be 10 out of 10 next week. So, 
Mate, that Brandon yeah, Smith, well, I love that kid. Wouldn't surprise me if he steps up. Yeah, well, they got uh, their, their halves this week are Jerome, New- Jerome Hughes and Riley Jackson. Whilst it doesn't sound much, every time Riley Jackson's played for the Storm, he's played really well. And Jerome Hughes is a really solid player, and you know what you're going to get. Uh, they don't have the hardest game. Oh, actually, they do, sorry. Well, I think that they got the Roosters yeah, this li- week. Literally the hardest game. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I thought they were playing fucking dragons but yeah i got that completely wrong didn't i um yeah they're fucked oh well <laughs> yeah i think we um good no tears from me <laughs> yeah. can't wait to get over soccer training and watch that uh moving on roosters 26 dragons 12 dragons really surprising in this one it was a, a spirited performance um they needed some luck to go their way and it just didn't happen mate they, they were good i gotta say the dragons have really improved the last few weeks since McGregor's got nothing to do with them, they've really lifted, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, mate, I saw something today I've been meaning to bring up. Um, the Fox Sports did a, a third of the season report card, and they had the Roosters like, A, obviously, they're the form team of the competition. But they had under player that needs to stand up, Kyle Flanagan. I don't think that kid could possibly have done anything more to be where he's at <laughs> 10 games into his career. He's been, you know, Riccio came out in a bit of hyperbole. He said he's as good as Cooper Cronk was at this stage in his career. I, I don't know that, you know, he could have done much more. God help us if he's got lift in him because he's playing some good football. Yeah, I mean, he's, what, what, he's leading the league in points. He's got three tries. He's got a, uh, a handful of try assists. Um, and the one thing that he's got is football smarts because when things aren't going right, he just passes the ball to Luke Keery. <laughs> it's a good game plan. When you got you got the best five eight in the game, here you go, mate. I, I love the Roosters at the moment, and I hate saying that because I I genuinely hate the Roosters, but fuck, they're fun but to even, watch. But even still, Cooper Cronk, like Cooper Cronk, wasn't the most creative player of all time, right? But the one thing that Cooper Cronk was, he was the best fucking game manager that the NRL has ever seen. Like, period, point blank. There is there is no one that controlled a game better than Cooper Cronk. And even still, when times got tough, Cooper was like. Oh, fuck it, you do something, Luke. And Luke was like, oh, fuck it, I'll do something. There you go. That's, that's, that's what Flanagan's got. That's what Flanagan's got. And, that, and all, all they've got to ask Flanagan to do is defend hard, control the game, and give the ball to Luke Kirik. It's Mate, it's good. And Tedesco will be back this week. Mate, how fucking massive was Joey Manu? Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I, I, I somehow, like, I somehow think that he needs to get himself in a fullback jersey because... It feels like he's a little bit wasted at centre. Because, you know, when, when you see Manu, you know, go through a game at centre and he's only had eight runs and made 60 metres, or he goes to fullback and scores 284 metres and he uh, run, runs 284 metres and he's everywhere on the park. Um, I, th- I think he needs to get himself a fullback jersey, but, you know, he'd probably end up with the Titans and you don't want that. Like so that... stay out of the centre, son. Like that, that's it. I... If, like, I was the Titans or even the Broncos, I would just, you know, just put it out there that there's a million dollars and a number one there for Joey. See if you can tempt him. Who knows? Contracts mean very little these days. Uh, Brett Morris, a hat-trick at 46 years old. He's fantastic. Like, he's 23 again. I don't know what's going on. But that guy is literally everywhere. And I know there's two Morrises on the field most weeks, but there was only one this week, and he was still on the left, on the right, at fullback. He could play front row and be the best player in the competition at the moment. Mate, he's, 
He's gonna, he, him and his brother are going to win centre and winger of the year at 46. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. That is a good football family. What did you make of the two injuries, mate? Um, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate when any player gets an injury in, in the competition at all. I don't think the Roosters are going to miss Sam Verrills, all right? It sucks for the young kid that he's, he's got injured. I don't think they're going to miss him at all. Victor Radley is obviously a massive loss because that guy was in some serious form. Um, and, you know, Buzz Rothfield and Paul Kent have just released, uh, just said that the Roosters are 400k under the salary cap and looking for a replacement. So there you go. They're probably going to get better. <laughs> Fuck that football team. Mate, there's no more important player in the competition right now than Jake Friend. So if he gets yeah. injured, Mitch Orbison's playing nine. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, well, that, that Tupanua, man, I love that guy. <laughs> he comes from the back fence. He's Ron's favourite. Ron's been talking yeah. about him for, like, longer than this guy's even existed. Yeah, man, that, that guy has got some serious footwork for a guy who runs so hard and fast. Like, you see guys like Fafita in his prime when he was putting footwork on, but Fafita was slow. Fanua Blake has got exceptional footwork at the line. That guy runs like a fucking centre at the line and then hits you with some footwork. He's unbelievable. Freakish talent, mate. Another one. Another one they pulled off the bloody uh, recruitment line. Yeah. Production line. Um, An upset of the round, the Cowboys 32, the Knights 20, the first half ambush from the Cowboys. What were your thoughts on this game, Dan? I thought they learnt from last week. They were like 34 nil down at half-time, spun it around to 26. They put yeah. two, two amazing halves of football together in a row. Um, you know, to say they're only good for 40 minutes is fine when you score 26 unanswered points. But uh, the Knights fought back, but they were never, ever, ever in this game. No, really, really quiet, bizarre game from uh, Caelan Ponga. Um, Kyle Felt, after I sledged him for being anonymous in the first half against the Tigers, has uh, come up with a pretty good game. He's the leading try scorer now, but um, there's a bloke that we've got to talk about. Uh, running from the back fence, Jason Tomalolo, 297 metres, nearly 100 post-contact metres. That guy, I've never seen anything like it. His first stint is okay. His second stint is godlike. And it's every single week. There's no more impactful player that I've ever seen as second-half Tomalolo. Nah, and, you know, we used to joke and say that uh, Paul Gallon was Jason Tormalolo before Jason Tormalolo was Jason Tormalolo, but man, he's fucking, he's unbelievable. He, he's, his, fir- his first stint, he made 80 metres. His second stint, he made 217 metres. Says it all. You get them late and you smash them hard. Did you notice, though, that the stats in almost everything were almost identical, except yeah. they were 26 nil down at half time? Yeah, Incredible. I, 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 saw, I saw the stats today. If you had a look at it, you probably would have just said maybe the, the Cowboys only just won it, but you wouldn't have known that they were up 26-0 at one stage. Very strange game. Well, just quietly, how annoying is Dan Ganane calling that fullback the hammer every fucking time he touches the ball? I won't criticise Dan Ganane because I think he's the, best, uh, he's the best caller in the competition. I love it when someone gets in space. Goodbye! I... But, I love Dan Ganane, and I, I'll die on this hill. I've had many, many arguments with my mate Steggs about this. But the guy's got a first and second name. You don't have to call him Hammer every time. It's like when yeah, they first that's... named Adokar the Fox. 
Oh, I need a new toy to play with. Yep. Uh, look, this, yeah, I, 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 I was hit or miss on this game. I think that the Knights have kind of shown what they are. They're a, they're a good football team, but they're going to have this, these lapses in them. And they are, as we say every week, one or two pieces away from being a top four and a serious contender. Would you agree no Bradman best, no Newcastle Knights? Oh, absolutely. Done. Right, they, gave the wrong, they gave the wrong kid the $1.1 $1. $1 million. I agree. Absolutely agree. <laughs> I, I, I will say this, though. Bradman Best has got the flattest back head I've ever seen. <laughs> it is. Mate, I'm not going to bag him. He's um he's, he's too athletic and too big. It's like his parents just put him in the cot and forgot about him for a couple of years. My God, that's a flathead. <laughs> uh, mate, aerodynamic, uh, good for scoring tries. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, my favourite game of the round, the Brisbane Broncos 12, the Gold Coast Titans 30. It was the Anthony Don show in the first half. This is so good. Oh, I love Anthony Don. A good old grafting ghost. I, I just love the Broncos getting belted because, I mean, NRL Twitter is absolutely unbelievable when the Broncos are getting shut on. It, it is good. The um, the creativity comes out. How's the like? There were 17 fans there. They booed the Broncos off at half time. It was delicious. Um, yeah, look, I, I think, let's start with the Titans. I think there's a lot of positives for them at the moment. And I think the main positives that they've got, like like positive signs, there's not positives in that football team because they're going to be a bottom four team. But they definitely, 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 definitely need to build around Ash Taylor and Jamal Fogarty. And they got linked with Benji Marshall today. And I honestly think that that could be one of the dumbest decisions they make. They need to give these kids time. They need to look elsewhere for the spine. They need to look... Uh, I mean, AJ Brimson's going to come in at fullback. Awesome. That's three really good players. They now need to look for a number nine. I, I think you've, you've got to build around them. You can't bring Benji into that side. Agreed. The Titans fall into the same thing the Dogs do. They sign whoever's on the market. They don't sign yes. players they need. And you'll, sign, you'll find that they've got 15 wingers and no genuine centers. So, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go near Benji. I, I love the Fafita link. You got to get him and build around him. Yeah. But um, for me, mate, the Titans three games in a in a row against Brisbane at Suncorp, they're big brother now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I and I think when AJ Brimson, I think NRL physio said that he'll be back at around round fourteen. I, I would honestly, if I was them, I would experiment on when AJ comes mm-hmm. back at, at fullback putting Corey Thompson on the wing and trialling Philip Sammy in the centres and getting Tyron Peachy out of there and putting him back in the middle of the field. Well, I, I, I definitely think they've got some pieces there, and you're right. If they get David Fafida, I think they're um, odds-on to sign Herman SASA. They picked up a great, great signing in, um, you know, we love him, German Jolife. They need to get players like that, players who want to play for the club, not players who are going there for a paycheck. Shannon Boyd. So I, I think Justin... I think Justin Holbrook needs to just build around those two guys in Fogarty and Taylor. Yeah, agreed. On the other side, though, Seabold is his own worst enemy. Putting Dearden and Azarko on the bench and being oh. using his subs all up in the set, like 65th minute and playing with 11 to end the game. Like, oh, what the hell is going on there? And to, to pull that Tessie New kid off, you know, in his debut, he didn't have a great game. But to sit him, he looked absolutely despondent after the game. That's not the way you treat a kid on debut. No, and, like, uh, just, just, 
I, I, I don't know what the Broncos fans are seeing because they seem to be slinging a lot of shit at Brody Croft at the moment. It's almost like a reverse Sean Johnson and Townsend. They're, flowing, they're throwing shit in the wrong direction. They need to be aiming their frustration at the guy who's been paid a million dollars a year and has got worse attacking stats than Brody Croft at the moment. Um, there's some, I don't know what you do with Anthony Milford. Do you, I mean, they're, they're talking about keeping Dean at the club. Do you put Milford at fullback and and have Dearden and Croft in the halves, or what? What do you do with the Broncos? Like, how do you fix the Broncos? What, they've got so much talent, they've got so much resources, and they're sitting in the bottom four of the competition. Like, this isn't normal for them. It's not. I with Milford, I'd sit him. I'd give him a week off. I'd say whatever's going on in your life, you go and fix it because you're obviously not focused on football. The guy doesn't go looking for work anymore. And Milford, in a couple of years ago, was the, the person who followed every forward up in hope that they'd throw that ball, that offload. Um, they got a hook, Boyd. Him being there is just absolutely against everything the Broncos stand for. He's there purely for a paycheck, and I think he's even said that. He won't take a pay card. He won't go elsewhere. He's got a big deal. Sit him. Play if you got 15 young, you got Oates and Coates and Herbie, what's his face? All these young players sitting there. One of them's got to keep missing out. They've finally put Azarko on the wing where he belongs. But if he's playing outside Darius, he's going to see no ball. And they'll probably drop him as a scapegoat rather than the players that actually deserve it. So to answer your question, they need to get Seabold out. They need to get someone who knows what they're doing in. They need a complete fucking revamp. I don't know how they've just lost the Gold Coast Titans and the only change they wanted to make was Corey Oates not even in the in the side anymore. I tell you, the, the, the thing that really, you know, gave me a headache today and I had to go and have a lie down was Chris Gary's tweeting of the Broncos training. Boyd's in, Boyd's out, Boyd's in the reserves jersey, Boyd's in uh, the rehab team. We don't know if he's going to play Fucking hell, even the journalists who are watching their training session don't know what's going on. How, how the hell do the players know what's going on? I genuinely don't think they do. I think Seabold's trying to be Mr. Harvard and outsmart everyone, um, and he just keeps running himself around in circles because, mate, your, your, your best mate, Mitch Doyle, he's been unloading, and it's been a lot of fun to watch him go hard at the Bronx. But some of the stuff he points out, mate, even my daughter can tell. And she got no interest in football, and Seabold can't see it. It's it's fucking embarrassing, and I'm here for it. Yeah, the, there's there's not much better on Twitter than a Mitch Doyle vendetta. <laughs> it's good it fun, isn't it? He'll it, it start putting video, like, I know he's got a massive grudge against Aaron Woods, and he waits for Woods to have a bad game, and he puts his videos up. But Jesus, when he, when he hates someone... It's it, like hell hath no fury like Doyle scorned. It's good gear. I rate it. Yeah, it is. It's really good gear. Speaking of good gear, game of the round, the Eels 25, the Raiders 24. King Gutho. King Gutho. Mate, I'm going to say something controversial here. For 60 minutes, this game was horse shit. Then Paris started getting ahead and you thought, oh, they're going to they're gonna kill him. Then Nickel Klockstad scored two tries. And then the final eight or nine minutes was some of the greatest football you'll ever see. If this ended the Eels, say, 24-12, no one's talking about this game. But that fucking pass by Croker, that's still going forward now. That kept him oh, in yeah. the game. And the bloody Raiders had the gall to come out and say that the ref kept the Eels in the game. What game yeah. were they watching? Dead set. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know it wasn't the most entertaining game, but there was still a lot to take out of it. And there's, 
there's three players that come to mind from the Eels. Joseph Paulo, Regan Campbell-Gillard, and Sean Lane. And I know I bagged you for about the, the Sean Lane uh, loving. But I, I, I then looked up their stats after the game. Paulo ran 180 metres. Regan Campbell-Gillard had 247. Sean Lane had 194. And they are the reason that the Eels won the game when Mitch Moses left the field. And I was really interested to see how Parra would go. You know, because if they were playing the Titans, they still win that game. You know, but they, they were up against uh, a team who are genuine premiership contenders. And they, they did enough to get in the lead and then they did enough to win the game, which shows me that... Parramatta are still, uh, they're, they're a legitimate force this year. I agree. They won a game with Brad Takarangi playing six for half the game. They deserve yep. these points. But that Campbell-Gillard versus Papali clash, that was worth the price of admission because they were just, they're, they're beastly players and I, I, I just love it. There's nothing like a good prop battle. Yeah. I mean, the Raiders, at the beginning of the game, they looked really likely and I know that that pass was something that Tom Brady is really, really proud of. Then they looked really shit. And then for five minutes, they got themselves back in the game. And that kick from George Williams was pinpoint. Um, but we've got to talk about it. What was your thought on Ginger Meg's crying on the field? Mate, look, the, the tears are fine. I, lo- I love the emotion. I love the fact that he got up and said, I'm going to fucking bash you to some guy. Um, there was nothing wrong with the tackle. It, ju- it just happens. Right. So if you have a look on the slow motion... One of the the, the the para player at the bottom, and I'm pretty sure it was Daniel Alvaro, had him by the waist and then grabbed him on the cock. It really, I didn't see and that. <laughs> whether it was accidental or not, I don't think Alvaro was looking, but he, he squeezed it, and then Old Mates obviously hurt his foot, and then Ryan Madison's flopped in on him. And uh, I honestly thought the penalty was going to go against Horsberg for punching for for the closed the closed fist push up at Madison. When when the whistle blew, I thought it was a penalty against him for lashing out. And then, uh, you know, when you see a big angry ranger fucking point out, you're saying he's going to bash <laughs> Luckily for Madison, he subbed out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking at the time. I wanted him to take the next hit up. It was bad. But um, when he came off and flipped the cardboard cutouts off in the crowd, <laughs> that was good. That was some quality rugby league. And, and straight away, he comes off and he gives him the fingers and, and put a win you straight onto it. Mate, the cardboard cutouts. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, mate. I, I love the um the emotion of it was good. You know, people are calling him a crybaby and shit. You haven't been out there. You haven't had your career. You know, it's altered. He's gonna miss three six months for that injury. You know, it sucks. But um, I love that. I'm gonna fucking bash you and the guy standing on one leg and half crippled, and he still wanted to punch on. And, and you know what? I would back him from the from the way that he was so. Triggered and angry, I'd back, I'd back him on one leg to fuck Ryan Madison right up. <laughs> it looked like it. There were plenty of Tigers fans calling for it. What about um? What about your favourite player, Josh Hodgson, mate? What a shocker! Oh, mate, wasn't he shit? That was ever since ever since Pete Sterling came out and said he's the best number nine in the competition, and he's he's taking Cameron Smith's throne. Smith has taken that right back, and Hodgson <laughs> looks like you wouldn't even get a run for the Bulldogs. <laughs> It's good. It's ma- magic what the uh, the commentators' curse can do. Oh, I, I mean that's that's not even a curse. That's just buried him, um, mate. Speaking of buried, we've absolutely buried the Raiders. <laughs> good. <laughs> we said they were favourites for the competition. That's, They're below the West Tigers. That's right. They haven't won a game. And um, look, I'm willing well, to admit they, they, they beat the Tigers by eight points unconvincingly. That's right. Yeah, with 36 send-offs. Um, yeah. 
Scott, he sucks. Yeah, he's shit. He's just... As soon as he, he took that Melbourne jersey off, mate, he lost 99% of his talent and none of his being a dickheadness because he right uh, now is just awful. Uh, uh, like, I'm pretty sure you said that he was almost going to play himself into origin contention. Yeah, I thought he would, but what I meant was for New South Wales, Mount, whatever they are, the residents. Yeah, uh, what... You've cursed, you've cursed him, and you've cursed Anthony Milford. Good on you. <laughs> Both going to play Origin. <sighs> uh, and the final game of the round that we are reviewing: the Dog Six, the Tigers Thirty-Four. Uh, what you need to remember about this game is the Bulldogs scored first. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I'm like, oh, we might have a game here, and then I was like, wait a minute. I have a theory. The Dogs played their grand final last week against the Sharks because they look like they were on Mad Monday this week. signs from the docks for about 10 minutes and then they just couldn't put it together and I mean I know we say there's a lot of good gear on on Twitter in terms of like the Broncos getting flogged and Doyle's vendettas uh, Chapo's tweeting when the dogs are getting absolutely flogged is just unbelievable I, can, I, mate, I, can, I, I haven't I haven't followed Chapo a long long time ago I just I couldn't do it anymore hairs were literally jumping out of my head um, look, I'm I'm glad that he's I'm glad that he's miserable. Makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to put it. That's, um, that's very tongue in cheek for those listening at home. The, uh, the 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 biggest turnaround for the Tigers has definitely been David Norfolk because that guy's in some serious form at the moment. He is. He was New South Wales Cup standard last year, and now he's probably outside of Brett Morris, the form winner of the competition. He's got to play fullback. They wasted yep. two weeks on Corey Thompson. He is exactly. by far their best option at one, and I love watching him play for the Tigers. Not only is he by far their best option at one, but he's their best player in the one to five. Yeah, he's so good. I agree. He's so good. Big fan he, of Scotty. I, I, I know. I know. Like a lot of people shut on him for leaving. What was a cushy ride at South, and, and you know being on the bench and biding his time, but he made a great career move going to the Tigers. Definitely. He's one, probably yeah. the only player ever. What I do yeah. love, though, is every week Harry Grant has an amazing game and every week the Tigers fans get really excited until they remember that they're going to lose him at the end of the year. And it's just <laughs> that realisation is the moment I wait for every week. <laughs> they were, what, what are the odds of us keeping Harry Grant slim to fuck all? No chance in the world. Mate, the only thing that can get him is I know there's something in his contract evidently that if Cam Smith signs on for another two years, then then there's something there. I don't know how true that is. But, uh, look, if he bides his time, he's going to play under Bellamy for the next 10 years. I think you wait an extra year. You go out on loan again, whatever, yeah. you take the number nine from Cam Smith. Also, though, we were talking about it last year in terms of the Storm not... Uh, last week, sorry, in terms of the Storm not having the best backline in the competition at the moment. 
do they almost consider because they've still, bear in mind they've still got Brendan Smith and they've got other kids as well. Do they almost consider keeping Mimorowski, who had a great game for Melbourne as well? We didn't talk about him and letting Harry Green develop. Um, if if you mean like stay on swap next year, no, like just actually make the swap confirm. They keep Mimorowski full time and. The Tigers have Harry Grant. Uh, no, I reckon Harry Grant's too special a talent. Momorowski um, is a good player, and I think under Bellamy he's going to become something special. But there's not many Harry Grants on and around where there's plenty of Momoroskis. Yeah, I just, I, I, I mean, I still feel that if Harry Grant goes back to Melbourne, Brendan Smith's going to get the number nine over him first to start off with. So I, um, I think they're weaning Smith towards the back row. Yeah. To to solve uh, that problem. If Smith's happy for that, you know, back row or bench utility spot, then they've got themselves a they they're in a really good position, but you know, again it's they they've they've papered over their terrible back line at the moment. So Yeah, it's true. Anyway. Um yeah, let's uh let's move on into the news. We've already spoke about some of it. Uh Benji Marshall has been been linked with the Warriors and the Titans. I've got it's been a sh- it'll be a shocking decision if he goes to the Titans. Um, and it absolutely makes sense for him to get into the Warriors, even if he doesn't play, just to lift their spirits at the moment because they need something. He's the kind of player that can do that. Uh, you saw how yeah. much playing for the Kiwis means for him. Uh, he cried during the anthem, and that, that passion, you can't you can't fake that and you can't buy it. Get him in that side, get him in the number seven. Uh, straight away, I'd be I'd be there pestering him every night. Did you sign the contract yet? You signed the contract yet? He's got to play for the Warriors by the end of the month. Yeah, I'll... Yeah, like, absolutely. He's, he's being wasted. And at, at the moment, if you have a look at the Warriors, they don't really have many leaders. So how they're not on the phone to him saying, just come and sit in our change room and, and lift our spirits. Absolutely. He's a, he's a perfect player. Not in terms of on-field, but in terms of overall, there's not many better than Benji Marshall for that situation. Uh, Stephen Carney has joined the Broncos as an assistant coach. Mate, Doyle pointed out earlier they're trying to bring back all the assistant coaches, like that got him to the grand final. But you got to say that Wayne Bennett had a bit to do with that. I I, I don't get it. I like it's not it's not a bad move, and I'm glad for Carney because I think he was really hard done by by the Warriors. But I don't think that's I don't think that's a fix. I think it's smart in terms of like wasn't Ben Cross, Ben Cross is the guy he's replacing to mine. Uh, to me, Stephen Kearney seems like he has a much better brain than him. I think Stephen Kearney's biggest thing is he's taken on shit clubs with bad rosters. That's true, so, but I'd, I'd also argue that a potato has a better brain than Ben Cross. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, Eddie Jones, he, his latest link has been the Bulldogs. Um, <laughs> is, is, this, is this just media talk, or does, does, do you reckon Jones actually wants to come to the NRL? If Jones wants to come in the NRL, he's coaching a side that's going to do something in the next five years. He's not going to come across and coach a team that's going to finish last by six to eight points. No chance. Unless they pay him $8 million a year. Um, did you see Luke Thompson's uh, brother's tweet or brother-in-law's tweet today that got deleted about 10 minutes after he tweeted it? No, I didn't. Uh, he tweeted out just spoke, something like just spoke with Luke Thompson and he doesn't know why he signed for the fucking Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> then he's deleted it really, really quickly. Um, and the final thing, six again will now be used for the markers instead of penalties. I fucking hate it. I hate the six again rule. It's really starting to piss me off now. 
Um, that referee on the weekend between the Sharks and the, the, the Sea Eagles gave away the most six against I've ever seen in my life for just shitty little infringements. And, I mean, Mark is up to where three out of the five tackles every, every fucking set. So this is just going to be stupid now. Just give the referees the right to buy a penalty. I don't hate it because I hate when people talk about penalty counts. When there's a 7-1 to one penalty count, people wait for it to be squared up towards the end. And I, I think referees do subconsciously make those decisions to even up the penalty count. Um, so I don't I don't hate it because we're not talking about that anymore. But yeah, that six again is very, very frustrating and it's very inconsistent. Yeah, it's, it's really, I, I, I just hate it for the markers because they're just going to nitpick the markers straight away. Like, if, if you don't think that they were fucking around in the ruck, you're going to give six again because old mate stepped to the side too early. I hate that. I, I mean... I'm not here nor there on the six again in the ruck. Like, as I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, between the Broncos and Manly, it was a two-point game. Instead of giving the penalty, he gave, he gave the Broncos six again when they were on tackle one, ten metres out from their own line. They would rather kick for touch, but this is just gonna this is gonna take referee nitpicking to the next level. Yeah, that's true. They're definitely more likely to give a six again than a than yeah. a penalty. Uh, Dan, we've got a special segment. What is it? Talk to me. We do. Look, we miss we miss going to the Easter show this year because of uh, because of Corona. Um, a shame because we love buying each of the team show bags. Uh, but the problem is though, we never get the same. Or sometimes we get the same show bag, but sometimes we don't, which is uh, which is unusual. Dan, you tweeted me today and you said that you forgot that you had bought 32 show bags and you dropped off my 16 show bags today for me, uh, which is really nice of you. Um, so we're going to start from the top. We're going to work our way down the ladder. Dan, what did you get in your Parramatta uh, bag this year? I got a brand new untorn calf for Mitchell Moses. Oh, I've got a Mitch Moses miracle pack. There you go. So very similar. They uh, look. They, these are made in China. We must say. So that's why yeah. they don't always match up. But um, I found that some of mine are funny, some aren't. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, Penrith. I've got uh, TikTok going bankrupt. TikTok. That ah, see, there you go. Mine's actually a pack of condoms for Nathan Cleary because I think he's only one night away from doing something very stupid. Sydney Roosters, Dan. Might have used this last time, but it's a laundry bag with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> well, they're 400k under the cap, so in my bag, there's another Sharks player. God, well, I can think of a few they can have. <laughs> uh, Melbourne. Um, it's a second book. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Yeah. Second book. Mate, I wrote that and crossed it out because I knew you'd have it. Uh, look, in my, in my show bag, it's another brilliant number nine, which is very annoying because they've got plenty. Newcastle, I've got a brand new John's brother. John's brother. Mine's another million dollars to give to Kalen Ponga. Brilliant. Uh, West Tigers, uh, it's their ninth spot back. Right. I've got the letter six. Oh, no, nope, upside down. It's a nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Canberra, in my Canberra show bag, it's Caesars Palace because they are missing Aiden Caesar badly. They are actually. That's a good call. Uh, I've got John Bateman's contract, but it's got void written across it. Uh, Manly, they have got some health packs out of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, I don't think I wrote anything for Manly. Arseholes. No, fuck them. South, what have you got? Uh, mate, I've got a scantily clad secretary for uh, Mr. Wayne Bennett. Oh, brilliant. I've got 
got a new Ford that will make loads of meters, and that's name isn't Jai Arrow. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. I forgot he was going there. Cowboys. I uh, got hundreds and hundreds of running meters, which uh, I would imagine can only belong to Jason Tomalolo. Yeah, for, for the Cowboys in mind, it's a fit and healthy Michael Morgan. Ah, that'd be nice. What do you got for the Sharks, Dan? Talk to me. I got smarter fucking Facebook fans, mate, because we need them. Jesus Christ, that was a fucking punish today. <laughs> they, they're a special type of insane. I literally, after reading Chris Gary's tweets... And then going on Facebook, I had to go and have a lie down at work because I was starting to get upset. Um, but for Cronulla, I've got no podcasts. No podcasts. There's a couple of rubbish ones out there, isn't there? Yeah, not ours, though. Right. Uh, the Dragons. I've got a letter from the NRL that allows Shane Flanagan to coach. Ah, see. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what have you got? I've got two receipts, one for Ben Hunt and one for Corey Norman, just in case I want to return them. I've got the other half of the spine to go around Jamal Fogarty and Ash Taylor. Very nice. Uh, mine's empty, just like their souls. Oh, and their stadium. they got no fans. <laughs> That's it. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> what have you got the Warriors show back then? A cloning machine for Roger Tuivasa Sheck. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got their families in mind. Yeah, oh, that's a nice one. Nice work. <laughs> Uh, what do you got the Broncos, Dan? It's a bumper sticker that says Bum Club. Uh, mine's just loads of Harvard degrees. Ah, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Bulldogs, mate, what do you got? Uh, it's got 36 coaches. Fucking pick one. <laughs> uh, mine's uh, a second wave of coronavirus. They need it, mate. They need the break. <laughs> they fucking need it. That's uh, let's go on. Let's pick around. Uh, the Storm and the Roosters are our Thursday night game. Um, this one is played in Brisbane. No Munster, no Storm. Give me the Roosters. Roosters all the way. Yeah, that's that's going to be easy. Um, I don't know if they'll do it by 13 plus, but they'll, they'll win. Uh, 6 o'clock on Friday afternoon, the Raiders and the Dragons at Campbelltown. Two things. I don't know why this game can't be played at Canberra. And the second thing, I think the Raiders are going to bounce back and thump the Dragons. Yeah, I think the Raiders are due. Um, the Raiders have been really hard done by with this home away from home business. Uh, I think they're going back to Canberra in week after next from memory. Yeah. But not 100%. Are you going on the Raiders? Yeah, Raiders, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, then we have uh, 7.30 on Friday night, the Eels versus the Cowboys at Bankless Stadium. Um, I don't know who Parramatta named it number seven today, but it's not going to matter. They're going to beat the Cowboys. Joy Field. And I am here for that because he's one of the yeah, most exciting I'm, players in the I'm, game. I'm all about that. Yeah, they'll win. Um, I, yeah, look, I'm going to agree. I think that if foul comes back, it brings the Cowboys in, but not enough. No. Uh, they didn't, I take it they didn't name Michael Morgan again? No, he's out and vows are in the extended reserves. Okay. Uh, 5.30 on Saturday, the Warriors against the Broncos. I was leaning towards the Warriors, but Roger Tuivasa-Shek just got a one-match ban, and I think the Broncos will bounce back. Is he out, is he? Yeah. Ah, oh, Broncos for me. Bugger, I've got to change my fantasy side again. Yeah, lucky I'm here for you, Daniel. That's what I do. Thank you. That's bullshit. These, we, owe, we owe the Warriors. Yeah, they should be able to like, legit take people's heads off. And they're, fucking, <laughs> they're playing the Broncos 
I know every NRL fan wants wanted RTS to play. Conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, 7.30 on Saturday night. This is actually going to be a really, really good game at Bankwest Stadium. Uh, West Tigers versus the Penrith Panthers. Uh, whilst I think the Tigers are going really well, I don't think that they will be a match for the Panthers, do I'm going to tip the Tigers. I think para Penrith are due a loss. Probably nice. not the great, probably not the greatest um, justification in the world, but I think the Tigers. Well, mate, your justification last week for picking the Titans over the Broncos was fuck Brisbane. So. Yeah, look, there, there you go. Hey, whatever um, works, huh? I mean, Penrith Jewel losses is, is as good a justification as any. Uh, four o'clock on Saturday, we have Manly versus the Knights at Central Coast Stadium. I would love to pick Manly. Uh, I just think they're way too busted at the moment, and we showed how busted they are. I think the Knights are going to do them. Yeah, look, one to six. I don't like Manly at all. I think Newcastle for me. Yeah, um, and rounding out the uh, Saturday night, uh, Sunday night, sorry, the Dogs versus the Rabbitohs. I think the Bulldogs will score first and then get beat by thirty again. <laughs> it seems to be their way. Bunnies for me. I'm not overly looking forward to this game. And I, um, I'm glad the dogs keep getting the graveyard shift because they, they deserve it. You know what I think we should do, Dan, is we should just find someone to cover this game for us on our podcast so we don't have to watch it or talk about it or even think about it. Sounds good to me. That's, that's three things I love. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we go? No, sounds good, mate. I'm very, very excited for tomorrow. I have a, uh, a few little uh, surprises. Well, not really, but now i got to think of something. But i got 24 hours, so... Yay. Brilliant. I love you, Dan. I will see you tomorrow. You too, mate. See you soon.